0: This O5 podcast was recorded at an earlier date. Some material may be outdated and or mentioned under different circumstances. Consult your local health authorities for the latest on COVID-19.
1: The Car Guys Report Informed Automotive is up next, but first, take a listen to this other fine OPI show.
0: On this week's Minutia Men Celebrity Interview, we talked to the lead singer and founder of Grand Funk Railroad, rock and roll icon Mark Farner. Listen to Minutia Men Celebrity Interview on Spotify, OPIshows.com, or wherever you find podcasts. Just search for Radio. Misfits.
1: The following is a Tony Lasano podcast, an OPI show on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. This is the Car Guys Report, Informed Automotive. Thanks so much for taking us along for the ride. Certainly glad to have you with us. I'm Mark Vernon, along with Lou Costable. And this is another episode of the Car Guys Report, Informed Automotive. And, you know, Lou, I, we haven't uh, talked to each other for uh, a week or two and had a couple of things I wanted to, to say right at the top of the show, and one of them directly involves you, so I'll keep that for the second thing I'm going to say, but I just wanted to let you know that we're trending in Canada now, so we have added uh, yet another country to our listenership, of course, the U.S. of A. Australia, we continue to do well. We bumped into Luxembourg that one time, and now we are uh, gaining listeners in Canada, so I wanted to Give a a big shout out to our friends uh, north of the border and also just thank everybody, uh, uh, all our listeners, for uh, being part of the Car Guys Report Informed Automotive podcast family. It's got kind of a heartwarming feel to it, doesn't it?
2: It does, and I want to thank our our, uh, our friends in Canada. They are wonderful car people, uh, really knowledgeable, and have some great toys.
1: And the cool thing about Canada, too, a lot of people don't realize this, is if you're looking for uh, a car that was never officially imported into the U.S., like a Euro edition, uh, a lot of times those cars were legally imported into Canada because they were sold up there, so if you're looking for something that you, is different and not necessarily something is, that's easy to find here in the states. Canada is a good place to start looking if you're looking for something special like that. So that's that's one thing to to keep in mind as well. So yeah, it's a car culture. I, I don't really I know that Australia has a really strong car culture, but you seem to be um, up on the fact that I guess Canada has a has a decent car culture as well.
2: Oh yeah, I see many of my northern friends up uh, when I'm out in Arizona.
1: So they're coming down from Canada to to be in Arizona. Cool.
2: And and, and at Carlisle, I see them out there, and they're uh, they're great car people.
1: Cool, that's great. Also wanted to. Address this one to you, uh, uh, Lou. Uh, came, comes from our email inbox, Car Guys Report at hotmail dot com. Loyal listener, Don. We've talked about him before, and he uh, says that uh, everybody has opinions, loves the show. One of the things that make it entertaining is that I find myself interacting in my head as you two go along. So that's kind of neat. But he's got a question for Lou. He said uh, he wanted to ask you that why would you diss the Porsche 928 headlights? We did that uh, segment on coolest cars with hidden headlights, and we were kind of saying that the 928... doesn't exactly have hidden headlights because they're not covered by a, a panel, but they do lie flat when they're retracted, uh, kind of in the fender and the hood. And he said, I guarantee he would think that the Lamborghini Mayura is cool, which has similar type headlights. So he says, sorry, I like the look on my 928 and it doesn't have the girly eyelashes <laughs> that the but, Lamborghini well, Mayura well. has. So Lou, it's all yours. What do you want to tell Don?
2: John, first of all, you hit the nail on the head. The girly eyelashes will always work. Uh, anytime at a car show, and there's someone with girly eyelashes who are batting at me, followed by a girly, <laughs> I usually will do that car before I do any guys who look starred up into the sky like a porter. So, uh, <laughs> but uh, no, I'm not saying I don't like the car. I'm just saying that I just think that those headlights look inappropriate uh, compared to. Uh, You know, like a hideaway on a 69, uh, uh, you know, rally sport where they they slide off into the side Mm -hmm. or the, you know, or a a hideaway headlight. The hideaway headlights, I think, are the best. And uh, whether that's on a Cyclone or on a a GTO, a 69 GTO, uh, I think those are the best. I think the ones that do some portion of that coming from a different direction. I'll give you some ones that are unique that you don't think about, but the 65 um, Buick Riviera where they open on the what looks like the side panels, and they open what they call clamshell mm-hmm. from the center to the top and the center to the bottom. You know, So there's a lot of great ideas. I just don't think that's the best one.
1: I think, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I have a, a book on Porsche at home, and it probably covers some of the development or reasons why they did certain things on the 928, but that was a rear wheel drive front engine rear drive Porsche, which was, you know, I think that was the come to think of that would have been the first front engine rear drive Porsche. So I think they wanted to do things that were maybe a little different or more rakish or something to kind of underscore the fact you know the v8 liquid cooled v8 up front and maybe it was kind of a hybrid design obviously for aerodynamics but it was different all right and you know here we are 40 years later talking about it so <laughs> i guess they did yeah. something right in that design and doing it that way i guess
2: well I, and i'll and i'll add to it that you know cars look better with age so um there's just something about the styling I don't know uh, about every car, but, but most cars look better with age. And uh, I just think in that time period, there were some cars, you know, the hideaways just look, uh, you know, are hard to beat.
1: Yeah. Well, also, too, that European cars, I, I don't think, are as known for hideaway headlights as the American cars were. So, again, it's something that maybe isn't ingrained enough in their culture or their design uh, ethics or whatever you want to call it, ethos. Um, so they were kind of just doing their own thing. I mean, the, the we talked about the Alfa Romeo uh, Montreal, which kind of has a hidden headlight. It's kind of almost behind what look like shutters or vertical blinds and different things like that. I mean, a lot of the Citroëns have... They don't have hidden headlights, but they have fully covered headlights. I think that's a Euro thing. Yeah. Way before they started doing it here in the U.S., is actually doing a headlight cover, clear headlight cover, and that always looked really cool. I always thought the Alfa Romeo Spiders, the early cars with the Corello uh, clear clear plastic or glass uh, or the, headlight or covers e- looked awesome. Yeah. Or the E types, yeah. E
2: types, yeah. So, but let me give Don a final thought, um, just so that he uh, uh, realizes that we both like cars. Uh, is that uh, there are 46 Porsches on My Car Story with Lou. So there's no question that uh, that I'm a, a fan of the brand.
1: Great, yeah. Well, obviously Don is, because I think at last count, um, I think he has at least one, two... He's got three Porsches right now, so he's definitely a, he's definitely a fan and an enthusiast as well. Also, wanted to talk about one just one car I've been seeing so much on the road lately, uh, Lou. It's been great. Uh, I did yeah. want to talk about one car uh, that I spotted a week or so ago, just because it's a very cool car and you don't see a lot of them. Because this is a this was a nine eleven Porsche 911. 70, I want to say it's about a 73, 74, So it was air cooled, and I don't know if it, what exactly the uh the model would have been but it had the, the the more flared out fenders and that might have been a uh some sort of carrera but i think the, the fender flares i think were factory that's what i want to say so it looked very cool it was lowered it had fuchs wheels on it it was kind of a really nice kind of bluish gray not a metallic just kind of a bluish gray color and my notes say an old guy, uh, and I should talk because we're we're both getting up there. But uh, an older gentleman behind the uh, the wheel, uh, suntan, gray hair. He had his uh, Apple AirPods in his ears, <laughs> and I actually pull up next to him in the Challenger. And I wasn't going to like you know look over at him and, and challenge him or anything like that. But I was just admiring his car because it was nice to to see a uh, a classic uh, earlier nine uh, eleven. Uh, air-cooled 911 on the road and the one especially with the fender flares and stuff so it's just a, a very cool looking car we will talk about a little bit more about my challenger in the next episode of the car guys report just some of my initial thoughts on it and um so that's kind of where we stand on our uh, opening uh, comments right now on this episode of the Car Guys Report. Be sure to tell a friend about the Car Guys Report. It's available online at radiomisfits.com. You can also check us out on Spotify. And you can also just go to opishows.com. That's O-P-P-I-H shows.com. All the places you can find uh, not only our podcast but all the Radio Misfits podcasts. You can follow us at Car Guys Podcast on Twitter. And, of course, email us just like Don did at our email address. It's open 24-7. We want your rants, your raves, your comments, your suggestions, anything you want. Send it along to carguysreport at hotmail.com. You know, Lou, we do talk about electric vehicles uh, periodically on the program because it's inevitable that uh, they're going to be uh, getting more and more popular. And this was an uh, article that came out uh, in, I believe it was uh, Rodent, no Motor Trend, Uh, A few months ago, and I wanted to just talk about some of the highlights. They did kind of a a full green issue uh, covering all kinds of electric vehicles. And what I found interesting was a sidebar they had on the charging infrastructure in our country right now and how easy or as difficult it can be to charge up your electric car, whether you're just using it around town or if you're out out on the road and you need a recharge and some of the uh, problems that they ran into. And I'll just kind of read verbatim here a couple of things. They said they started to um, head out. They had both a um, they had a a, Tesla Tesla. A Nissan Leaf and a Kia Nero, and those are all one hundred percent electric vehicles, they're not hybrids. And they were in the um, uh, Los Angeles area. So they basically headed out onto the road, and they said, our first stop was a lone 50-kilowatt charge point station in the parking lot of a Torrance public pool. Now, one thing that a lot of uh, people don't realize is there's a lot of privately run charging stations that are building their own infrastructures, and you pull into these things, and you, you put your credit card in, or you have an app on your phone, and you pay for charging by the hour or the half hour or whatever. And they said... Uh, So he pulls into this charge point thing. He says it was dead. And he goes, my bad, I should have checked my PlugShare app, which had the station flagged for months. But what would you do while it's charging? Swim, I guess. There were eight other single chargers in a five-mile radius, including another non-operational one. But the comments left by their prior users read like the forum of a Yugo's owner's club. If I were a first-time EV buyer, I would not be encouraged. So that's one thing to to think about, that just because there's a uh, a charging station somewhere doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be an operation and there are ways to check those things but it's not as easy as, you know, a gas station on every corner if you're making a specific run to a to a charge point let's say you only have 10 or 15 miles of range would you have enough range to get to the next charge point if the first charge point isn't isn't operational so that's, that's one thing to uh, take into consideration. Now, the next thing they talk about here is uh, the different kinds of, of levels of charging and the different kinds of, of plugs that they use. So it says, next stop was a concrete grotto of EVGO chargers or EVGO chargers. That's another um, company making uh charging stations. And they were on the lower level of a uh, Del Amo Fashion Center parking structure. So, I said or so I thought. You slowly drive to its ex- exact GPS location but nothing is there. So there's one on the level directly below me. So he circled down to the ramp and he finds 19 level 2 plugs for shoppers. Now, these were free because they're at the shopping center. 250 watt, 50 kilowatt Chademo plugs. That's a style of plug that's on some of the cars and 150 kilowatt CCS so even though cars can charge at the same rate, 50 kilowatts, they might have different plugs on them. Uh, the Kia's sole EV was cabled to one CCS, so we couldn't get the two remaining 50 kilowatt units to work. So there you go again. It's just like, what the hell is going on here? You know, if you're, I mean, wouldn't you be worried if you're, if you're running low on charge and you're sitting there finding all these charging stations that aren't working? I mean, what would, how would that make you feel?
2: Yeah, I. I... You know, um, I guess you, you know—you have to. The, the, my thought is, you think the same way with gas stations. You know, you know where they're at, and
1: but you, you usually know just, that if you're running low on gas and, f- and if something happens or or the pump doesn't work, there's probably going to be a gas station within the next half mile. Hopefully, if you're at least right. if you're in a metro area or even a suburban area.
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess uh, you know maybe you. Uh, um, I don't have an electric car, and I say that as a, as yet. So I, I don't know uh, you know all the details. Maybe a viewer can join us sometime that has a electric vehicle and give a us a listener. More. Uh, yeah, you're or in
1: you you're, you're in YouTube. Yeah, sorry, you're in sorry. YouTube sorry. mode here, Lou. I, and I, ladies I, I, and gentlemen, remember, I, Lou does have my car story with Lou on YouTube. And this is the Car Guys Report podcast. We've got to get our <laughs> our, right. our, our viewing right. and our listening That's down. Right.
2: Yeah. That's where
1: I'm at again today. All right. Okay, so the so the story continues. A quarter mile south is a new kid on the block. It's a nest of Electrify America fast chargers that are located in the mall's parking lot, a fast-expanding network infamously yeah, funded by Volkswagen's $2 billion punishment for its dieselgate mis- misdeeds. It's sort of a mini supercharger station with five 150-kilowatt CCSs and a 50-kilowatt CHAdeMO. So he said he stopped by— this is funny too because i didn't own my challenger at the time but now i do those challenger drivers i tell you they can be real dicks when i stopped to check out a few days earlier a couple in a dodge challenger pulled into one of the charger stalls got out and arm in arm headed towards vegas seafood buffet the woman looked back and asked isn't that for electric cars the guy dismissed her it doesn't matter he beeped at doors locked <laughs> i tell you lou those challenger drivers boy are they nervy <laughs> But um, I I just got a kick out of that because I mean that's another thing too. It's it's almost akin to like the the joke about the handicap spots. You know, like whoever uses these things, I'm just going to park here. (laughs) It's like whoever uses these damn open EV slots, I'm just going to park here.
2: Oh boy, yeah, that would be uh, that would be frustrating.
1: So, um, so they said here. Okay, said while he was um, struggling to get the leaf next. To him, into the charge port. He says after most, multiple false starts with his credit card, my bank called to ask about strange repeated activity. <laughs> he said, "Okay, I'm trying to get the the you know I'm trying to get my my card activ- you know to activate the charger." He said finally the charger worked, but despite multiple repositionings, the Chatamos cable could not reach the receptacle at the Nissan's nose. Astoundingly, Electrify America goofed on the cable length needed by the car that will be its prime client. I mean, that's another thing. It's just like, obviously, these people aren't doing their homework because, first of all, it's kind of like, to me, it's almost analogous to Beta and VHS. Why can't they just develop a single standard plug for all these cars? Because it's going to make life a heck of a lot easier. I mean, it's just like, you know, they standardized on the nozzle for gasoline. And why can't you, you, you... standardize on the plugs. I know they have different charge rates, but or at least have an adapter or something. It's just it's just unbelievable because You know, that's another thing. And then we move on. Still more problems. Uh, Later, I stopped to fill the Nero at a 350 kilowatt station, arriving at about 40% of charge and leaving with a $38 bill, about a dollar per kilowatt hour, roughly four times our home charging costs. They billed per minute of charging. Even though the rate slows dramatically near full, and added to the complexity, there were four different price tiers ranging from a quarter to 99 cents per minute depending on your charging rate. It says, as of January 1st, California has banned this for new units starting in 2023, requiring stations to charge per kilowatt hour dispense, just like gasoline. You pay for what you actually use or buy. Uh, ironically, this applies to superchargers, and that's superchargers is um, Tesla's network of charging stations, which may now have to add a silly redundant displays outside of the car. So, okay, so that's another thing you have to take into account, that you're going to be charged different rates depending on, you know, how much your car is going to take or, or the, the company operating the, the charging station. So uh, now this is cool, and this is kudos for Tesla. As for recharging the Tesla, the autopilot sliced our Model 3 through the gentle curves heading north through Redondo Beach. I tapped the supercharger icon on the Model 3 screen. Three destinations appeared with graphics showing how many chargers were at each and how many uh, of those were currently available. Picking one, autopilot routed me to it, and as I neared, I began to hear the battery being automatically preconditioned to quicken the charging rate when I got there. Charging at these is seamless and simple. Just plug in. The system recognizes your car and automatically bills your credit card while the cost and kilowatt hour are calculated on the car's screen. I mean, that's the way it should be, and that's why Tesla is like the leader because they're doing it right. It makes it easy, and that's the whole watchword about technology. If it isn't easy, if it if it isn't intuitive, people aren't going to adapt to it or or adopt it because it's just a pain in the ass if it if it's going through all these other things so that's why tesla knows what they're doing and this is cool too earlier the author was wondering well what do we do while we're charging do we go swim because this this one charging station was near a, a swimming pool so what what tesla does in their cars you can play games on the car's central screen and actually use the car's steering wheel and pedals with a driving simulator while your car is recharging. So at least they think about things that might keep you occupied while you're waiting for your car to charge unless you go and have lunch or something like that, which it seems like a lot of people do. And it says there recently Netflix has also been added as a streaming option. So (laughs) it's, again, they're thinking that, you know, this thing might take a while, and they're just making it easier on the people. So those are just some of the things I wanted to highlight because I guarantee if you go into a a, a car dealer and want to buy a you know a, a Kia Nero or a Le- Nissan Leaf, how knowledgeable will they be on you know the charging infrastructure and some of the things that we highlighted? Whereas Tesla really seems to have their their act together. Of course, they were you know to the game first, but to their credit. Um, I think it's it, it's good to see that they seem to know what's going on. So, again, that's why, at least for me, Lou, I'm not in any hurry to rush out and buy uh, a fully electric vehicle uh, anytime soon. How about you? Hello?
2: I'm just thinking out loud. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm pondering on your question. Um, first of all, I guess I'm not eager to, to get one, but I guess it depends also uh, where you live. I mean, I think if I lived in the city, yeah, and there were more charging stations. That would be one thing. Since I live 54 miles west of the city, and it takes me 20 minutes just to get to the grocery store, and then 20 minutes to get back, um, that might not be the best choice at this particular time. Yeah, but uh, I I wouldn't say that I'm not interested in at some point a um, electric vehicle.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm still intrigued, and I think the the new Tesla Model Y, which is basically the SUV crossover version of the Model 3, which is uh, the the Y is starting to, to show up now. Uh, they're selling it and building them. And they keep saying that that will be the breakthrough vehicle for Tesla as far as profitability and production numbers. I think my first exposure to a fully electric car will probably be when my girlfriend um, sells her Prius. Her Prius is only Uh, right now, six years old. It's got about 90,000 miles on it. So she's got at least five or six more years of driving that vehicle and put at least another 100,000 miles on it. But she's made talk about you know, wanting to get an electric car, maybe fully electric. So I have a feeling that that'll be my first exposure if she decides to go that route. And, I, and I've encouraged her. I said, you know, we'll we'll, we'll put the charger in and, and, you know, I'd be really curious to see how, how that would work out. So uh, just more things to talk about or think about and consider if you're looking for an electric vehicle as uh, electrification uh, continues to uh, progress here in the uh, U.S. of A. And I'm sure that Europe probably has some of their EV uh, things down better. So if you have any comments on that, feel free to uh, drop us an email at uh, carguysreport at hotmail.com. Well, Lou, we started uh, the program talking about Don and his 928 Porsche, and then I had that spotted uh, 911 air-cooled, uh, very nice car that I saw on the streets. And We're at the point in the program where we like to talk about uh, something that, uh, usually a car, not always a car, and in this case it's not a car, but uh, car or car-oriented items uh, being sold or auctioned off online, and this comes from uh, Bring a Trailer. This just shows the diversity that Bring a Trailer covers. They not only cover very cool cars, but they also cover a lot of accessories. We've talked about them before, mainly in um, paraphernalia, like owner's manuals and things like that, usually for Lamborghinis and Ferraris. They can go for three, $4,000 a piece. Now, this was a 1962 Porsche 356B tool kit, a 13-piece tool kit, gray vinyl roll pouch, and a Porsche embroidered cloth. It's uh, fairly rare to find something this complete. It had four Porsche-branded wrenches as part of the kit, and so that, that made it rare because they had the Porsche on there. And Lou, would you venture a guess to uh, think how much this uh, this went for, and bring a trailer for the ultimate? Uh, wh- what do you call? It? You call it jewelry or, or or candy or something like that? You know, for your trunk to complete your car. You have was, a name uh, for it.
2: Yeah. What? What's that? go trunk and treat. What? Um, what year was it? it? For it's
1: for a sixty-two Porsche three fifty-six B. So that was the forerunner to the nine eleven. I'm and it's a complete it's, kit, 13 pieces. Yeah. It's got screwdrivers, open-end wrenches. It's got some handles and, and things for the lug nuts. It's actually got a—it a, looks like it's got a tire gauge, um, and it's in the pouch. So I assume it's all correct and, and uh, original for, for a 356 And once you hear the price, I'm curious to see what you think it went for, but it, it astounded me.
2: Okay, since it's astounding you, I'm going to say something ridiculous like $5,000.
1: Yeah, you're low. This thing went for $13,356. So that's about well. a 1000 per each tool in the kit cuz there's 13 pieces. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that is someone who really knows what they want from their car, and they want to complete their
1: car. He's probably got a gorgeous three fifty six, or he's getting ready to have a gorgeous three fifty six. And this is like the final piece of the puzzle. You know, you, there's always like this one little option that you want to find for your car. Like for me, for my Saab ninety six, and I haven't looked real hard for them because they're they're very hard to find. But they had um, Saab was big on the see through headrests for many years. And they sold us an accessory, an insert that would go into that um, that headrest. And they had them for the original 96-style uh, seats. And they also had the inserts for the 99-style seats. And since my 96 is a late model, it's got the 99-style seats. And those inserts are just, like, impossible to find. We had a set on uh, back 40 years ago. We owned a Saab 99. And I remember going with my dad to the Saab dealer to buy a set of those inserts i think they were 60 bucks for the pair which i would kill for at that price nowadays and they're just really hard to find if i ever find a pair i'll, I'll get them because they look cool uh, the way they fit into the the headrest so it's that, that like one or two things that people look for to complete their car i mean how about your vipers they're like one cool little accessory that's really hard to find that you'd like to have on your car or
2: my, vipers don't have this is my interpretation and maybe it's expanded since i've some they don't have a cars, lot of right, options. They, I know that, they're, yeah. They're, they're like, for example, I would say there are let me give you some examples of great options Mustangs, Camaros, Challengers. You can option it in a bajillion different ways. Vipers, they don't have that kind of following with that kind of stuff. You almost have to custom make some of those parts and things, so um, it does become a little more challenging. So, uh, there's nothing. Uh, I will say that, like on my car, when I open when you open the hood, there's a, I'll call it a, a flat a gray big intake snorkel. It almost looks like an elephant because there's this big long nose mm-hmm. that fits as the intake. So I I uh, had that uh, taken off, and I bought another one so that I could still drive the car. And then I had that one uh, um, professionally polished. Okay. You know, So, but generally speaking, there's not a lot of that great stuff that you look for for the Vipers. So, um, I'm a little more excited about what you would be able to find for your Challenger.
1: Well, yeah, actually, I I have already looked, and I don't want to get off on a big tangent. There really isn't much um, that I'm looking for. Um, I've already got, the only two things I've added since I bought the car, I have the... uh, factory carpet, uh, trunk mat. Cause I'm big on, on, on putting some kind of trunk mat in. usually I would prefer rubber. There's aftermarket rubber ones, but the factory one is a black, uh, nice quality carpet with the Dodge logo. And then I'm a big rubber floor mat fan. I have rubber floor mats in all my cars in the, in the, uh, Aston in the Mercedes and both Porsches. Um, and I got them in the, uh, in the, um, challenger now i bought a set of factory a set of four factory rubber floor mats perfect fit they look great, and they say Dodge on them. So that, that's pretty much all I need right now, and I'm happy with that. But this 1962 Porsche 356B Toolkit from Bring a Trailer, $13,356 it went for. And, again, we, we say it all the time, but uh, bringatrailer.com uh, is the uh, website address for that auction site. Uh, over 200 uh, auctions live at any point. And also Hemmings is a great place to start, too, for a interesting... Uh, uh, cars for sale and Hemings is actually getting the auction um Uh, business these days, too. So you can actually see some auctions happening at uh, Hemmings as well. If you like the Car Guys Report, Informed Automotive, and I'm sure hoping that you do because you're listening to us, then be sure to check out some of the other programs that are available on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network, like the show Minutia Men. It's an opi show. Rick Kempfer and Dave Stern, two pretty wacky, funny guys on their own, are consumers of worthless information. And when they get together, They share their newest worthless information in their podcast, Minutia Men. It's on Spotify, opishows.com, Radio Misfits Podcast Network, and wherever you find podcasts, just search for Radio Misfits, and you'll find Minutia Men. You'll also find this podcast. The Car Guys Report, Informed Automotive, is what you're listening to. Mark Vernon, along with uh, Lou Costable and... You know, I will be talking a little bit about Dodges and Mopars now that I'm an official Mopar owner. And I know, of course, you've been a, a Mopar fan and owner for, uh, you know, a number of years with your Viper. And this comes from uh, an issue of Hemming's Classic Car, one of the um, magazines that I subscribe to, an excellent publication. And they did a, a special section on Mopar classics. And one of the things they um, highlighted were some of the really cool colors that uh, the Mopars came in in the late 60s and early 70s, and just the names um, are just so cool. And I know that you're always kind of into the whole color thing on the cars, Lou, and you know, especially on your YouTube channel, you're always talking about this one's in, you know, Atlantic blue or whatever. And I'll just read some of the highlights. It says here, during the 1969 model year, Dodge announced bright green metallic, bright red, Bahama yellow, a.k.a. bright yellow, and hemi orange high-impact colors for specific models. Plymouth did the same with its rally green, performance red, Bahama yellow, and vitamin C orange performance colors. And then uh, in 1970, they had a, another uh, raft of uh, colors, exceptional new hues that came out. Uh, they discontinued a few from 1969. But one of my favorites, high-impact color, is the color Sassy Grass Green. It's basically like a, almost a fluorescent lime green color. I'm sure you've seen that on, on cars uh, here and there, Lou. And I never knew what it was called, but Sassy Grass. Grass green is the color that uh, that uh, Mopar introduced in 1970, and Moulin Rouge was another color. They <laughs> it's just these colors are great, but they just just a handful of them here. Panther pink,
2: Panther pink and Moulin Rouge are actually the same. Pink. Are they really? Yeah,
1: because the pink actually, is pink. I mean, that's pink to me.
2: Well, well, let me pause you for just a second. I, I
1: knew you'd know this, you. so that's why I wanted to talk about
2: yeah. it. Yeah. So, so I want to jump in for just a moment. So uh, a couple of things. Yeah, Chrysler had uh, wonderful colors. The Mopar colors were great. The challenge is uh, they would take the same color and call it a completely different name if it was a Plymouth or if it was a Dodge. Exactly. So, okay. for example, you had uh, banana yellow, uh, you know, basically as a butterscotch color. And um, one of them, for example, they call it Red, Torred, T-O-R-R-E-D.
1: Which they still have today.
2: Right, which is like torrid. Yeah, right? exactly. So, so, so the torrid is actually almost an orange hue, kind of like uh, the the GTO has carousel red is basically an orange GTO as far as I'm concerned. So, um, where you have a uh, uh, sublime green, uh, and I think the Plymouth is is actually sassy grass. And, and it's either opposite, meaning it's sassy grass on the Plymouth and it's and it's sublime green. Yeah, actually, Dodge what
1: it like is first. is it's for the Plymouth, it's limelight, and for the Dodge, limelight, it's sublime. It. And yeah, then for it. the Plymouth, it's sassy grass green, and for Dodge, it's green go. <laughs> and then you were right about the butterscotch. Dodge is butterscotch. Plymouth is Bahama yellow. Then there's curious yellow on the Plymouth and citron yellow. <laughs> For the Dodge Panther, pink and Molon Rouge. You were right. Uh, Panther pink was Dodge. Molon Rouge was was Plymouth. Plum Crazy, of course, a color that we're all familiar with. Classic uh, purple color on Dodge was called In Violet on the Plymouth cars. Top banana uh, for the uh, Dodge was Lemon Twist in Plymouth. Torred, oh. Torred was Plymouth. Hemi Orange was the Dodge. Go Mango was Dodge. Vitamin C Orange was Plymouth. And then Performance Red, Bright Red between the two. And then a couple of cer- uh, specific ones, like Rally Green looks to be only a Plymouth color. Bright Green Metallic was only a Dodge color. But, um, yeah, you are 100% on the money there, Lou, with, with the colors. And, and looking at the different—Curious Yellow is kind of an interesting color. Maybe that's why I call it, Curious, because it's almost a, a yellow-green or a green-yellow. It's not the bright— uh, in your face green, that sassy grass green is. And of course, Hemi Orange, Go Mango. You know, when I was looking at uh, challengers um, to buy uh, for 2020 or 2019, I was looking at the uh, color charts and the current, uh, some of the current colors they have for the uh, 2020 Challenger. They still have Go Mango. They have Octane Red, which is kind of a deeper metallic red. They have Indigo Blue, which is the one I bought. And the G-O for the indigo, it's Indigo, is capitalized. They have triple nickel silver. They have hell raisin, which is their version of of plum crazy now. It's not quite as purplish, I don't think, but it it still is definitely purple. They have Gold Rush, which is a very cool retro color they brought back for the 50th anniversary edition of the Challenger. You can only get that on the 50th anniversary edition. And then they have another color called Cinnamon Stick, which looks a lot like my Sierra Gold on the Impala. So, um, yeah, I just love it when they just have some fun with colors. And these colors that uh, Dodge and Plymouth were bringing out in the early 70s are, are Semi-reminiscent to some of the early Saab colors back in the kind of early to mid-70s when Saab was um, selling the 99, they had a lot of funky, bright pastel colors. They had a bright green. They had a bright orange. They had a yellow. They had, obviously, white but then they had, I remember the Sonnet came in a in a, a purple color, almost a purple reddish, but it was more purple than red, and they had light, uh, kind of like bright light blue. And I think one reason was Saab being a safety conscience company, conscious company was they thought that a bright car is going to stand out more in traffic, so you might have a less of a uh, chance getting in an accident because your car is going to stand out some more, but interesting to to talk about that of all those colors Lou I know you, you've seen them all in, in in real life what are what are one or two of your favorites of the ones we just talked about
2: Wow one or two of my favorites um, first of all I'm uh, I'm always a little bit of a sucker towards the blue colors
1: Yeah well, yeah blue and blue, blue. I know we've talked about that before.
2: Yeah so I, I'm always a little bit of a uh, a sucker for those but but and I' and although I don't think I, I've had a green car. And I don't sometimes think I'd get a green car, but I but I think based on the car, the crazier the car, I'm okay with the crazier sure. color.
1: Yeah, I mean, so, a, a Hemi Cuda and sassy grass green with the black accents looks pretty pretty rad.
2: Yeah, that's a pretty tough car. Well, you're, you know, you've got a blue one. I've got a blue one, so we know that that's probably our first choice. But um, I've seen some gorgeous red ones. I've seen some fun yellow ones. I've seen some, uh, you know. Uh, you know, black is always kinda sinister. I mean so so I think it's just the mood and and the you know, if you're feeling a little more happy you go with the uh the yellows and the oranges and maybe the bright reds, and if you're feeling a little more sinister you go with the, the blacks and the and the deeper colors. So um the one color yeah.
1: the one color that I don't recall seeing at a car show is this Panther Pink Molon Rouge. It seems like that's a rarer color because I I would have remembered that because I'm looking at the picture here and I'm like that does not look familiar to me. I know I've seen goat you know, I've seen the orange, I've seen the reds, I've seen the yellows, I've seen obviously plum crazy, but this panther pink molon rouge, it's almost um uh, no. almost looks, almost not quite bubblegum. It's a little darker than that, but it kind of has that same feel to it.
2: It it's pretty close to bubblegum. I think you're hitting it on the head the 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 double bubble that that uh, pink color and Last year at Carlisle they featured specifically just that the uh, panther pink and Moulin Rouge colors oh they did cool one of the features yeah so it was interesting to see um, you know some of the cars that were that were that color and, and you're right there's not many of them so uh, there are a few on my channel uh, so if you went to my car story with Lou and punched in uh, you know pink I think you'd see it or Moulin yeah, rouge. Moulin rouge. <laughs> Well, well, the, the one in particular that I remember, and it's and it's a pretty striking car, is uh, there was a Cuda AAR with that that color on it, and with the black top mm-hmm. on the hood, and then you know putting that strobe stripe on it, and then you've got yeah. the black wheels and the and the rally. That's exactly the picture I
1: have. It's it's got the shaker hood, and it's black with the hood pins. It's got a black roof, and it's got the TA stripe on the side, and it looks pretty, it does look pretty cool.
2: It's pretty tough, yeah. So, I mean. Um, um, you know obviously sometimes colors have stigmas towards you know genders and things like that um uh, I just matter of fact I as I'm speaking about it and I'm just recalling some of my conversations I was at Carlisle over the weekend, but uh, a gentleman came up to me and just told me I bought a panther pink aAR cuda now it's funny because his wife also has one and hers is a very I'll call it olive color green. So you would think the two of them driving, maybe the guy would want the olive olive green and she would want the pink, but not the case at all. So, um, you know, that's the fun part, in my opinion, of these of these car shows is you never know what you're going to get, when you're going to get it. And you just uh, enjoy the whole process and, uh, uh, you know, go from there.
1: I just like the names, though, too. I mean, I just it's fun to have have some fun with names like Go Mango. I mean, I just think that is just iconic. What a great name for a color. And, you know, yeah. Plum Crazy, it's just, you can tell they were having fun. And, I, and I'm glad that that Chrysler is bringing back some of that with their colors, even in 2020. Hell Raisin and uh Cine Stick, you know, Cinnamon Stick or Cine Stick is what they call it. And Go Mango still, they they have that. The only green they have currently for the 2020 Challenger is kind of a, a medium metallic green. I can't remember what the name of it was. It was actually, it was almost like, I don't even think it had a name. It just said green something But it wasn't, you know, some kind of fun name. And I've seen pictures of that color. It looks pretty nice, but it's not anything like a a sassy grass or sublime or anything like that. So, but yeah, just fun with colors. You know, it just, it's, it harkens back to the days when, you know, design and fashion and, and a lot of that, I think, took more precedence over some of the just, uh, you know, does my phone pair with the auto, Android auto in the dashboard and that's all I care about. (laughs)
2: <laughs> well well to your point you know i mean when you think about obviously it's some people sitting around a table doing marketing and they they use the word mango to show something orange and yeah. then you put in front of it so it's actually go man go oh
1: yeah right <laughs> yeah well that is there something to that yes did you there is okay see so I figured so you know part...
2: Yeah, so, so when they say go mango, it's really go man go. Gotcha. Uh, you know, so so it's it's that level of creativity um, that uh, you know you you when you look at the intricacies of it, then all of a sudden you know like hell raisin's pretty cool, right? I mean, yeah. it's pretty self-explanatory. But then you start breaking some of those down, and uh, all of a sudden you you know sometimes they'll capitalize the letter. Well, like
1: indigo, it's up. like indigo blue, you know. Yeah, Indigo exactly. blue,
2: <laughs> exactly. So I mean, it's, uh, it's it's brilliant. I love the colors. I think it makes it very creative. It's a lot of fun. Cool.
1: Yeah, that's one reason I wanted to uh, talk about it. And I know that obviously being steeped in Moparness, as we both are now, we could have a decent uh, conversation about it. We have sanitized all Opie shows for your protection, but you should still be wearing your mask. Help prevent the spread of COVID-19 by following the CDC guidelines. You will be saving the world at the same time and also continue to wash your hands. We've got a battery delivery here at the Car Guys Report Warehouse. Lou will be back in just a minute.
0: I'm Howard Sudbury. And I'm Steve Baskerville. And on the next Back to You, we're going to find out a lot of things about the art of fine cooking, but we're not going to find it out from Steve. One thing I do know that we learned, and I'm glad that it was reinforced, you've got to keep your feet out of the salad. We're going to talk to private chef Mike Kabisa. You're going to get hungry when you listen. To back to you. Back to you with Howard Sudbury and Steve Baskerville. You can find Back to You on Spotify, opishows.com, or wherever you find podcasts. Just search for Radio Misfits. On this week's Free Kicks with Adam and Rick. We're excited to look at the Champions League Final,
2: the Europa League Final, and sum up the transfer dealings that are going on around the
0: country. It's the season finale of Free Kicks on Spotify, opishows.com, or wherever you find podcasts. Just search for Radio Misfits.
1: And we're back here on the Car Guys Report, informed automotive, Mark Vernon, along with uh, Lou Costable. We just had that battery delivery, Lou, and I'll be talking about that in the next episode of the Car Guys Report. Some some fun uh, things to impart on you as well. But speaking of fun, you know, it's a summer And we're devoid of car shows pretty much this season, but wanted to, now that the Sunday drive, going out for a drive in your car solo or with your significant other has become a thing again, which I think is great. This uh, came from Auto NXT, which I saw online, and it's one of our famous lists that we like to do here on the Car Guys Report. And this one is incomplete as usual, as I say, and I added about five more things that weren't on the list. But what am I talking about? Fifteen great car songs. And, you know, there's all kinds of of songs out there. Some of this is uh, rock and roll, a little bit of its country. You know, I used to work in radio for many years. I've played you know, a good portion of these on the radio uh, many times over in that time period and have and always had fun with them. So I'll just start working okay. down the list, and you can start okay. guessing if you want, sure.
2: Yeah, let, let's do a little guess. I'm not sitting there with you, so I don't know the list, so I'm going to guess, and uh, I'm sure the, the listeners are guessing as well. So let me start with the... uh uh until my daddy took the T-Bird away. I don't know what
1: that's. Fun, fun, is. fun. From the, the Beach fun, Boys, fun. yeah. yeah. Until daddy, daddy takes <laughs> the T-Bird away. That's the one that you, see, you hear ad infinitum at every car show you go to, <laughs> <laughs> to the point of, turn it off already.
2: <laughs> exactly. And then I'll go back in time. Do we have Hot Rod Lincoln on?
1: Oh, there? yeah. Commander Cody, sure do. Okay. That
2: was that's one, one
1: that a lot of people aren't familiar with that much. You'll hear it at some car shows, but it's one of these these songs that you don't hear. All the time, but yeah, Commander Cody, Hot Rod Lincoln, you got that.
2: Uh, let me go. Let me go. Pop on you. What about uh, Prince's Little Red Corvette?
1: That was actually one that was not on the list, but I added it. Little Red Corvette from Prince. I don't know how they could miss that. I mean, pff, you know, that was that's the fun of these lists because there's always stuff we disagree on, or there's stuff that they you know left off. So keep going. You've, you've hit everything so far that that's that's sitting in front of me.
2: Uh, what's the? And, uh, my, my fine 409. What's yeah, the, 409,
1: uh, Beach Boys.
2: 409, 409, Tunnels. Yeah, Yeah,
1: again, right. that was another one that was not on the list, and I added Ooh. I added to yep. it. And, and one thing, too, about this list, it, it, the, the song does not have to be entirely about a car. It can mention a car or it can make reference to a car. So, uh, for example, um, the song, uh, let me see here, uh, did it, did it, like Red Barcutta from Rush is, you know, Barquetta was a Ferrari, and that, that's kind of a not a real... Because the song, I don't know if the song entirely about about the Ferrari, but Red Barquetta from Rush is an example of that, or Love Shack from the B-52s where they say, I got me a Chrysler, it's as big as a whale, and it's about to set sail. Um, so that's where they mention a car, but it, the song's not entirely about that car. Um, so a couple others on the list, Pink Cadillac, of course, from Bruce Springsteen. I uh, want to get myself a mercedes Bands, Janis Joplin. Uh, we're all familiar with uh, Pearl singing that one. A Mustang Sally, of course, from uh, Wilson Pickett. And You're then right we, we've got a few others here we've got. Now, this one I'm not ex- familiar with. GTO from Ronnie and the Daytonas. That was one that uh, that I was not familiar with. Uh, Racing in the Street from Bruce Springsteen. Uh, the lyrics uh, talk about a 69 Chevy with a 396 with fuelie heads and a Hearst on the floor. Uh, one of my all time favorite songs. I'm a big Joe Walsh fan. And in the uh, song "Life's Been Good," he talks about got a Maserati, does one eighty-five. I lost my license, now I don't drive. I don't drive. And of course, you know Sammy Hagar. I can't drive fifty-five. That's that's a, obviously a, a car song. Now this is another one that I was not familiar with. A song called "Chevette" from Audio um, Audio Adventure. I'm I'm not familiar with that. Uh, Chevette. Chevette, yeah. Well, from Audio Adrenaline, that. that that's the name, I'm trying to read my handwriting here, Audio Adrenaline, so I don't know if that, I don't know what the heck, I don't know who in their right mind would write a song about a Chevette, but uh, <laughs> apparently somebody did, uh, Little Deuce Coop, of course, from the Beach Boys, uh, Luke Bryan, I think he's a country singer, My Old Bronco, of course, the Eagles did the song to um, Old 55, which is a great song from their first record. Uh, This one for you is for you, Lou. Viper King from Dream Theater. That's another one I'm not familiar with. Um, And then uh, some of the uh, ones that weren't on the list that I I added, uh, Mercury Blues, done by the Steve Miller Band, also covered by Alan Jackson, David Lindley, and Meatloaf. That's a cool song if you've never heard it. And then this one, too. A, a lot of people aren't real familiar with this Johnny Cash song, but One Piece at a Time. Mm. That's the one where he goes, I've got a 69, 79, 75, you know, Cadillac, Chevy, blah, blah, blah. It's like a, it's a bits and pieces of cars that's all put together. So that was the list. Is there anything else that pops to your mind or... Uh, you know, because there's some blatant omissions, obviously, and Little Red Corvette obviously was a was a big one. But um, is there anything else that comes to your mind from that list, no, or nothing that it wasn't no, on the list?
2: Yeah, being a YouTuber, they uh, they ban the music on my. Of uh, course, channel, yeah. So I have to uh, stay away from music. It's uh, the taboo of the uh, YouTube.
1: Well, that's another reason why we can't have have commercially available music on the podcast either, because the same thing, we run into copyright issues, because they still haven't figured out the whole copyright, how to work it with streaming and things like that, and it's still a real gray area, and the best thing to do is just not go there, so (laughs) that's why.
2: Your your singing was so awesome. Isn't it?
1: I know. That's the one thing I've never been able to do. We had to take, when I was in eighth grade, we had to take um, (laughs) vocal music, like like a barbershop quartet it was like a required course i don't know why it was a public school and um i got like a d because i i can't i i don't tone match i can't sing you know i can talk that's why i went into radio because i can't sing i'm a frustrated singer and i and that's the only reason i got a d it's not like i wasn't trying or anything so i think that was kind of unfair but um you know you don't want to hear me singing in the shower but
2: yeah, no, we should get off the song. I <laughs> sang so bad I sang so bad in church, Mother Teresa stopped, came out and said, Why don't you just listen?
1: yeah so we're both uh we're both frustrated singers i guess right uh you can tell a friend about uh our our uh, podcast it's called the car guys report informed automotive now with less singing you can get it on spotify opishows.com wherever you find podcasts to search for radio misfits and the cool thing about podcasting is it's listening on your own terms whether you've got a uh a, a a um a cell phone, a, a laptop, a, a tablet, your desktop, you're streaming live in your car through Android Auto or Apple CarPlay, whatever, wherever you are, whenever you are, and whenever you want to listen, that's the beauty of podcasting. You can fast forward, rewind, replay, delete, do whatever you want. It's listening on your own terms. All the podcasts available on uh, opishows.com, radiomisfits.com are free. That's another great thing to remember, and also, too, when you're listening to our podcast the Car Guys Report, Informed Automotive. We'd love to uh, get your feedback. We've got some nice reviews, and we can always use a few more on Apple Podcasts. And the cool thing is, is whenever you're finding us, wherever you're finding us, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, TuneIn, Android, Stitcher, Blueberry, iHeartRadio, all those platforms carry our programs. And if you're a loyal listener, you can subscribe. You'll get an automatic push notification whenever there's new uh, content. That's about once a week, and you'll be set. We are now dropping on Tuesday. Tuesdays, too, just in case. I don't know if I mentioned that before, but our, sh- our new shows used to come out every Thursday, and recently they have changed it. Uh, thanks to our uh, ace producer, Tony Lasano. we are now dropping on Tuesdays. So you can get your Car Guys report fixed even earlier in the week and uh, take your time listening to it for the entire week. So that's important to talk about as well. Lou, We're at the uh, point in the program where we get to play the Car Guys Report guessing game with uh, Lou Costable and um, your popular YouTube site, My Car Story with Lou. Take it away.
2: So the guessing game goes like so. You, the listener at home, can join in or in your car or wherever you're at. So the game is I choose three cars that were all in the same week that I threw them on YouTube. And based on my videos alone, you could do the same video of a car that I did and it get a different result. But which one was the most popular? So obviously there's a one that's number one, number two, and number three by views. So you have to guess the most popular to the second to the third, or as I like to call it, the gold, the silver, and the bronze. So... Uh, Mark has not seen these at all. Never. He uh, has no idea which ones are going to be ahead of the other one. And I give him the cars in the oldest to the newest. So we'll start with one of these, Mark. Completely blew out the other two is
1: Really? Okay.
2: A complete blowout. right? By- By more than 10 times.
1: means I'll probably guess it came in third, so (laughs) we'll have to see what happens.
2: So one of these is 10 times more views. Now, remember, this is totally on the My Car Story with Lou, and usually when a car is 10 times more than others, that just means that every now and then a blind squirrel, meaning me, finds a nut, (laughs) which means that which means that YouTube all of a sudden said, oh, this is a suggested, recommended view, and everybody has to see it who's on an auto channel. So every now and then that will happen to me once, maybe a quarter or twice a quarter. And this time it looked like it happened. So here we go. The oldest to the newest, um, the six, 1963 Plymouth Savoy in blue hmm. and 426 Max Wedge engine oh, sound. yeah.
1: yeah. And that's the one with the super, I mean, that wedge engine, that's the one with the, the manifold that's, like, really flat, and it's, like, three feet wide when you look at the engine. It's got those two big quad carburetors sitting on it. Is that they the exact. one that I'm thinking? Yeah, that's an awesome-looking awesome, yeah. awesome looking engine.
2: It's a, it's a it's a big, flat piece of yeah, manifold. Exactly, and yeah, exactly, yeah.
1: It's then a big then the two chunk of metal.
2: Yeah, the two air cleaners are off yeah. the of each other. Uh, The next one is the 69 Ford Boss Mustang Larry Shinoda Prototype Mm. and and Factory 428. Wow. And the last one, and we talked about colors just a second ago, Mm -hmm. the 1970 American Motors AMC AMX in lime green with a 390 engine. Wow. So so this is going to be a challenging one to pick because all of those could be the number one, but um, only Mark, one of them is the number the, one. Yeah.
1: Um, what color was the Max Wedge, and what color was the Larry Shinoda?
2: The Max Wedge is blue, and the um. Larry Shinoda is a off-white.
1: Yeah, there's always the, the weird, like, cream color. Um, well, that's a tough one because I can't—honestly, I can't see the AMX blowing it away. Those are very cool cars, but I for some reason, I just can't see— the amx blowing away the the um the uh viewership there um and that the the boss uh, mustang is a very uh who is larry shinoda to the name rings a bell i'm not real into racing and things like that was he one of the developers or one of the guys that raced him
2: larry shinoda is the guy who uh developed the boss
1: okay okay so that was like you said that was a like a pre-production car like a mule
2: It was a a prototype. It was actually his personal car. Wow! That he was driving, um, you know, while producing uh, the Boss Mustangs. Wow!
1: You know, because just from the historical standpoint, I would like to say that one was the was the leader. But those Max Wedges are really cool too. So, here goes. I'm going to say the exact order that you gave them to me the max wedge being number 1, the shinoda being number 2 and the amex being number 3.
2: ding 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 I got we it. Have a wow. We have a winner. Wow. first is 3 for 3.
1: Cool. That's awesome. Wow. <laughs> Well played. Thank you. Thank you very much. And what were the tallies? Because you said that the, the Max Wedge just completely blew everything out of the water.
2: Yeah, great question. Let me give you the tallies. The, the Max Wedge, at least at the time, had 67,605 wow. views. Wow. The Boss Mustang coming in second, which was 4,465, and the AMX had 3,381. Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, that's a great great trio of cars, though. Really, you know, they're, they're all unique and special in their own way. And I always thought AMXs were really neat cars because they're the shorter, two, you know, kind of a shorter wheelbase Javelin with no rear seat. And it's surprising they don't have more of a following. And just like I said, the historical standpoint of the Larry Shinoda Boss Mustang was just, I think, just historical value on that car is just through the roof. And then just the, the coolness factor of the of those max wedges, and, and blue is a cool color. And, yeah, so great, great choice of cars there, Lou. Very good.
2: Yeah, thanks, Mark.
1: And just remember that Lou's YouTube channel, it's called My Car Story with Lou. Uh, what, 70,000, 80,000 subscribers now? I know it keeps going up every time we talk.
2: Yeah, we're over eighty thousand subscribers.
1: Awesome, and fifteen hundred uh, at least to fifteen hundred. We're very close to it. Uh, car videos, some You're of the di- different cars, different cars. Yeah, I mean that yeah. just a sample. I mean, just those three that you gave me are just. I mean, how you find these cars? The the Larry Shinoda car. I mean, was that at a car show? Yeah. Okay. But still, it's just amazing stuff. So if you haven't uh, checked it out, please do so. My Car Story with Lou, it is available on YouTube. And, of course, we play the Car Guys Report guessing game via the My Car Story with Lou channel every episode of the Car Guys Report. And coming up on the next episode of the Car Guys Report, we talk about Ferraris again and Aston Martins again and we have a whole lot more as well, again. So hope you uh, can join us for the next episode of the Car Guys Report. Special thanks to executive producer Tony Lasana with opishows.com. Opi is hippo, spelled backwards, O-P-P-I-H shows.com. It's distributed by Ed Silha with Radio Misfits. Great Talk Radio isn't dead, it just moved to a better place, and that would be RadioMisfits.com.
0: This OPI podcast was recorded at an earlier date. Some material may be outdated and/or mentioned under different circumstances. Consult your local health authorities for the latest on COVID-19. The proceeding was a presentation of OPI Productions. Find our other great shows wherever you find podcasts, including OPIShows.com. Thank you. This has been a presentation of All Pie Productions.
2: Tony, can you shut up? Come
0: meet your new friends, Tommy. Kimmy. Sam. Right here with Ann Friends. On this week's
2: episode of Ann Friends, I bring back Florida Man. That's right. He's
1: back! Along with the UK season of Horny Spiders.
0: And I teach everyone what a cloaca is. It's going to be all that and more on Anne Friends.
2: Listen to Anne Friends on
0: Spotify, opishows.com,
2: or wherever you find podcasts.
0: Just search for Radio Misfits. On this week's Minutia Man with Rick and Dave. Trading your driver's license for noodles. Blessing nuclear weapons. Hey, Veronica, turn off your camera. My brush with a 90s uh, political figure. And a snippet from an interview from a rock legend. All that in Unlimited Tangents on Minutia Men. Listen to Minutia Men on Spotify, OpiShows.com, or wherever you find podcasts. Just search for Radio Misfits. Coming
1: up on the next episode of the Car Guys Report, Informed Automotive, we discuss which Ferraris may be underappreciated by collectors, plus a very rare NSU rotary that's sold for a very respectable price. I'm Mark Vernon. Join me and Luke Costable for these stories and more on the Car Guys Report, a Tony Lozano podcast, and OPI production on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network.